and 2000 UTC. Welcome to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza in Washington, working on this program very remote. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Monday, January 30th, 2023. South Sudanese religious leaders say they are ready for the coming of Pope Francis. Uh, at the Cathedral of Saint Teresa, uh, from yesterday, I think they were also trying to make final touches on the church. And residents of South Sudan's capital, Juba, express their feelings about what they want Pope Francis to tell their leaders. Well, I am happy for the coming of Pope. I hope his coming brings hope to South Sudan. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. South Sudan's political and religious leaders are putting final touches on preparations to receive the head of the Catholic Church and two other religious leaders. The streets in the capital have been cleaned and church choir are rehearsing. For VOA News, Manyang David Mayar went around Juba to see the ongoing preparations. Church choir rehearsals and fresh coats of paint are being swapped on government buildings around the South Sudanese capital. Three women in bright orange safety vests, employees of the Juba City Council, are busy sweeping Airport Road, which connects to the State House, commonly known as J1. The city is being cleaned up everywhere you look for the arrival of Pope Francis. John Kumsian Laura, director of Juba Block Center, is supervising the work. Laura says the city council wants Juba looking its level best by the time the Pope arrives on Friday. For the last two days, we have been busy cleaning the roads and taking out the rubbish on the roads, and this is all for the visit of Pope Francis to Juba. We have been cleaning the town before, but the coming of His Holiness is special. It is his first time to come to South Sudan, and that is why we have increased the level of cleaning in the city of Juba. Aside from removing trash, the road leading from government ministry buildings to the Vatican Embassy in Juba has been newly faved. Billboards bearing images of the Pope, Archbishop of Canterbury Justin Welby, and the head of the Church of Scotland, Ian Greenshields, who will accompany the pontiff to Juba, have also been erected around the town. And church choirs are in full preparation mode. Catholic choir rehearses a hymn at Dr. John Grand Muselum. Reverend Father Samuel Abe, general coordinator of the papal visit, says the country has been preparing for this papal visit for more than a month. The John Grand Museum, I think now uh, they are uh, wiring uh, the, the, the security light since the event, uh, one of the events will be in the evening. Uh, at the Cathedral of St. Teresa's, uh, from yesterday, I think they were also trying to make final touches on the church. 
and then defense they want to adjust the the entries uh coming to the preparation of the choir they almost are finishing uh, at the john garen uh museum so that they will acquaint themselves uh, with the the ground and the environment there at St. Teresa Cathedral, a fresh coat of cream paint is going on the church fence. Peter Savit, a Catholic festival who resides near St. Teresa Cathedral, says he cannot wait to see the Pope in person. It's arriving here on, on the 7th, and it will stay up to the 5th, February. My is coming to visit us here in southern Sudan, Juba. We are very much happy. Because this way we are the Christian people being visited by the head of the Catholic Church. We are happy. At St. Teresa, Pope Francis will meet with Catholic bishops, priests, deacons, and seminarians on Saturday. Several large billboards with Pope Francis' image carry a message of love, hope, peace, reconciliation, forgiveness, and unity. A number of roadside vendors, including Ompritia Ashomich, are selling framed portraits of the Pope this week. She says, I brought 20 pictures today, and eight are now left. One is 500. Many people want to have this picture. Some people come and see, but say there is no money. When Papa is gone, things will not be good. Now I can sell because Papa is coming. Abe says Juba is overjoyed to receive the Pope on Friday. Now with this, I think uh, we are uh, uh, ready. We really, everybody is ready uh, for that day. Uh, we are just waiting when uh, will the Pope Francis uh, play in touch the Juba International Airport. Pope Francis had planned to visit South Sudan in July last year, but the Vatican canceled the visit due to the Pope's health problems. The pontiff visits the Democratic Republic of Congo this week before arriving in Juba. For VOA News, I'm a young David Mayor in Juba. Some South Sudanese political leaders say the coming of the Pope, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and the moderator of the Church of Scotland should be a turning point in the country's politics. Government and opposition officials say they expect the papal visit to heighten the implementation of the peace agreement, which is behind schedule. For VOA News, Wake Simon Wudu reports from Juba. Information Minister and Government Spokesperson Michael McQuay says the objective of the long-awaited visit by Pope Francis and other religious leaders is to preach peace and ask South Sudanese to forgive one another. We are optimistic that this will be a good visit, bringing us peace. This mission for peace and harmony, this is a mission for reconciliation and healing, this mission for forgiveness. So we are hopeful that uh, South Sudan will bring, will be in peace and harmony, and that we will benefit and will be blessed by the three who are our. Uh, religious leaders. During last Friday's Council of Ministers meeting chaired by President Salva Kiir, the cabinet approved all the necessary arrangements for the coming and reception of Pope Francis to South Sudan. This Friday was also declared a public holiday. 
Marquesses, Pope Francis, and the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Moderator General of the Church of Scotland will meet with the President Salva Kiir, civil society leaders, and internally displaced persons after arriving on Friday. He is coming to bless us so that God at least changes our behavior <laughs> because uh, sometimes we abnormally behave. So he is coming here to come and pray for us so that peace prevails in South Sudan. Some senior political figures from the opposition say they expect the visit to encourage party leaders to some more political will to implement the revitalized peace agreement. Julius Tablet, a senior member of the South Sudan Opposition Alliance Osoa, who serves as a national deputy minister for public service, says he believes the coming of the Pope will spiritually change many hearts of South Sudanese and help restore peace in the country. We strongly believe that it will add also a new impact to the Rome process. We've already seen some positive that uh, taken by the government, the minister in the office of the president, the minister and the presidency announced not so long ago that government has committed itself to resume the Rome process. And that is already a gesture coming out from the government as a result of the public. Oyen Nathaniel Pierino, the first deputy speaker of the South Sudan National Legislative Assembly, who is also a top member of the SPLM in opposition, says the papal visit should be a turning point in the context of the political elite's efforts to restore peace and stability in the country. This is a symbol of uh, the Pope. Uh uh, appeal for the leader to work together to reconcile, uh, to forgive uh, one another, and uh, and also seek for forgiveness from the people of South Sudan in order to you know uh, provide unity and also move the country forward. So Pope's visit is very very important, and it should be taken as a turning point uh, in all what we are doing. Nathaniel says the Pope's visit should boost the political will among the parties to implement the roadmap of the peace deal and end the transitional period with free and credible elections. Pope Francis arrives on Friday and stays for two days before returning to the Vatican. For VNO, Zamwaki Simon Wudu in Juba. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. Coming up... Some political leaders in South Sudan say they have been prevented from meeting Pope Francis. Find out more after the break. What do you think? People speak out on important questions. The question today. How can you promote tourism within your country amongst your fellow citizens? By sponsoring or organizing trips for schools and others. Because there are some people who don't have money to go to such places. Telling people about how our culture and history is true that I can promote. By having friendly activities available, like affordable costs of travel, food and accommodation. 
maybe by posting on the social media about the tourism activities happening in the country, as well as the places that people can visit. Places I know, such as some in Mangochi, uh, maybe in Mulanje, by putting that on the social media. What do you think? A daily discussion of important questions from VOA. Sudan in focus is now on WhatsApp. Send us a message on plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. Tell us what's happening in your area or give us your feedback on the stories you hear on South Sudan in focus. We look forward to hearing from you on WhatsApp. That number again, plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. This is a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. Hello, I'm VOA health correspondent Lenore Moudou. During this pandemic, the World Health Organization and Africa Centers for Disease Control say if you have a fever, a cough, or have trouble breathing, you should stay home and contact a healthcare facility. For more information, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC. And remember to listen to VOA for the latest health news. That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on The Voice of America. Some leaders of political parties in South Sudan are calling on the Vatican to include a meeting with the leaders of all political parties. A leader of the United South Sudan Party says some political parties are disappointed to learn the Pope plans to meet with parties that are in the government. For VOA News, VL Elias reports from Juba. Paulino Lukudu, leader of the United South Sudan Party, says Pope Francis to Juba shows his commitment to the people, but he is disappointed that the leaders of other political parties, which are not represented in the unity government, will not meet the Pope. Lukudu says South Sudan has two problems, a spiritual crisis and a crisis of governance. He says the Pope will meet with spiritual leaders, but it is equally important for him to meet with leaders of all political parties. A little bit dismayed if the Pope Francis will meet the political leaders in the, in the government and not meeting political parties, then uh, there is something missing. Political parties that forms the government, it is the political parties that will implement the revitalized peace agreement. It is the political parties that will put down the ammunitions and uh, resort to a peaceful way of addressing challenges. So the responsibility of the people of South Sudan lies in the hands of the political parties. Lukud is asking the Vatican to add a meeting with party leaders outside of government to the Pope's agenda in Juba. He says he believes it is important for Francis to understand their contribution towards restoring peace and stability in the country and ensuring that free and fair elections take place next year. It is the political parties that are going to run for the coming elections. So I believe that Pope will have a message of peace and a peaceful elections at the end of the transitional period to the political leaders of this country. So how will Pope communicate the message of peaceful elections without addressing the political parties to whom he will address that message? That's why we see it of significant importance within the schedule of the Pope Francis. They have to create a day or an hour 
to meet all the political parties in this country. The Holy Father will be welcomed at Juba International Airport, followed by a meeting with President Salva Kiir at the Presidential Palace. He will also hold meetings with authorities, civil society groups, and members of the diplomatic corps. On Saturday, the Holy Father will meet with bishops, priests, deacons, and seminarians at St. Teresa Cathedral in Kator. He will then meet with members of the Society of Jesus, followed by a meeting with internally displaced persons at Freedom Hall, and will say a prayers at Dr. John Gering Museum. On Sunday, Francis will hold a holy mass at Garang Museum, followed by a farewell ceremony at Juba International Airport. Peter Lomude, a member of the National Democratic Movement, part of the Umbrella Group South Sudan Opposition Alliance, says he hopes Pope Francis will find time to meet with other political party leaders. I would like to appeal to the leadership of the church uh, in South Sudan that uh, if the timetable is to be reviewed, it is important that they should include um, a slot for the parties' agreement and the political parties in South Sudan to have meeting with the Pope so that they will also be advised uh, to work together to ensure that the peace agreement is implemented so that the people of South Sudan will have an opportunity to choose the leaders that they think are the right people to govern them. Lomude says even though President Kir and First Vice President Machar met His Holiness in Rome, the two did not represent the interests of all political parties. There were two parties, the agreement that met the Pope in Rome, particularly you know, the two factions of the SPLM. But we still, you know, it, you know, it takes collective responsibility, all of us, to, you know, to work together. So we feel that it's important if these parties are to be encouraged while sitting together to renew the spirit of working together and implement the agreement. Government spokesperson Michael McQuay says the government intend to invite all leaders of other political parties to the Pope's reception at the office of the president. The heads of the political parties will be will be invited to to the to the reception. There is no political talk there. If there are non-signatories who are here in South Sudan, let them come up and say, here we are, they will be invited. Lokudi is urging IDPs who meet the Pope to utilize that opportunity to air their grievances and see how the Holy Father can help leaders address their issues. For VOA News, I am Viola Elias in Juba. Still on Pope Francis' visit, some internal displaced persons are calling on the Pope and other top church leaders visiting Juba to make the country's political elite understand the suffering of South Sudanese and work towards implementing the peace agreement. For VOA News, Wake Simon Wudu reports from Juba. Some IDPs in Juba, many of whom have stayed in a protection of civilian or POC site in Juba for the last nine years, are looking forward to their meeting with Pope Francis this week. 43-year-old Lam Jokubang is a father of four who began living at the camp on December 18, 2013, just a few days after the conflict broke out in Juba between government and opposition forces. As a South Sudanese civilian, especially at the IDP camp, I'm happy for the coming of the Pope to our country like South Sudan, especially at a time of implementation of the peace agreement. 
I can say this is a very good step towards peacemaking in the country. Despite a revitalized peace agreement signed nearly five years ago, Jok and thousands of other IDPs continue to live in the camp, surviving on mega UN foot rations and a small amount of money and from site jobs. Jock says he hopes the Pope's message of hope and reconciliation will help restore security in several parts of the country still experiencing intercommunal violence. The implementation of the peace agreement is not being effectively implemented. Yes, Chapter 1 has been implemented. That is the establishment of the unity government. But some of these chapters, especially the security arrangements, is not completed. And that's why I'm not ready yet to return home. Despite the challenges facing IDPs in the camp, such as food, shelter, education and healthy care, he says he is not ready to leave the camp due to insecurity in parts of the country. While Jock agrees some parts of the peace agreement have been implemented, he says he believes in complete implementation of the security arrangements, including delays in the deployment of the graduated necessary unified forces, means that the issue of insecurity that forced him to flee to the IDP camp is yet to be addressed. Teresa Thorne, a mother of seven, also fled to the Juba POC camp a few days after the fighting broke out in December 2013. There are several challenges in the camp here. Insecurity is not good here. The challenge of insecurity is the one that made us to come and stay here. We have challenge of education here. This place is not good for family life. It is just because we have no option. That is why, even being a citizen, you are staying here as if this is not your country. I mean, as if you are a prisoner. It is not easy. Thorne says she has not left the camp for the past nine years because she still believes South Sudan's leaders have not lived up to their commitments to fully implement the revitalized peace agreement. The visit of the Pope should lead to change of the political situation in the country. I want the Pope to listen to our voice and speak to the government so that we can get out of this situation we are staying in. So we are hoping that the coming of Pope should bring total change to South Sudan, especially on implementation of the revitalized peace agreement. Thorne says she bakes local pancakes and sells tea in the camp to ensure her family survives. She says she wants South Sudan's leaders to fully implement the security arrangements as defined in the peace agreement. She says she believes if the necessary unified forces are deployed across the country, she would feel safe to leave the camp. Some 52,000 IDPs continue to shelter at the POC site in Juba. Thousands of other displaced persons are being hosted in Malakal, Bor, and Bentiu, or living in makeshift shelters. 
For VN News, I'm Simon Wudo in Juba. Next, an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government. The black granite pedestal of the Holocaust Memorial in Baltimore is inscribed with George Santayana's most famous aphorism. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. That is why January 27th, the date on which the Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration and death camp complex was liberated in 1945, is observed as International Holocaust Remembrance Day. The Holocaust was the result of Nazi Germany's final solution to what they called the Jewish problem. Problem, the systematic attempted annihilation of European Jewry. It was separate from the Nazi war effort. Indeed, the final solution often took precedence over the war effort. Despite a desperate need for personnel and material on the front lines, no assets were diverted from death camp assignments. In the end, the final solution resulted in the murder of six million Jews. Today, as the terrible events of the Second World War retreat from living memory, in many countries, denial and distortion of the Holocaust are on the rise. It seems incredible that more than 75 years after the end of World War II and the Holocaust, people still deny and distort the facts of the genocide, one of the best documented mass atrocities in human history, said Ellen Germain, special envoy for Holocaust issues at the Bureau of European and Eurasian Affairs. We have mountains of evidence, extensive survivor testimonies, and eyewitness accounts from those who liberated the concentration and death camps. Yet, Holocaust denial and distortion persist. The International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance says that Holocaust denial seeks to erase the history of the Holocaust. In doing so, it seeks to legitimize Nazism and anti-Semitism. Holocaust distortion acknowledges aspects of the Holocaust as factual. It nevertheless excuses, minimizes, or misrepresents the Holocaust in a variety of ways and through various media. Countering Holocaust denial and distortion matters because all efforts to downplay or blur the facts of what happened and who was complicit are insults to the victims and survivors of the Holocaust. It matters because it further perpetuates anti-Semitism. It matters because it also can fan the flames of violent extremism, said Special Envoy Germain. Countering Holocaust denial and distortion matters because they threaten our ability to understand and learn from the history of the Holocaust, she said. Never again is one of the most important moral lessons the world can draw from the Holocaust. That was an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government. That's all we prepared for you this Monday. Don't forget to check out VOAAfrica.com for all your favorite programs and news updates. If you miss this broadcast, go to www.voaafrica.com forward slash South Sudan. I am your host, John Tanza in Washington. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Remember to join us again tomorrow for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America.
Because I'm going to buy a young man. I'm going to buy a young man. I'm going to buy a young man. 